who cares what everybody else is doing? Who cares? Just care about what you're doing. You know, just don't don't be, especially in this day and age where people are only putting their happiest times on social media and we're spending all of our time on social media. Uh, it, it makes people constantly question, you know, their own situation and how come I don't have that car, you know? How come I don't live in that house? And um, the happy heart, is just a reminder to all the parents on Instagram who are thinking like that because they're the ones reading this, um, not the kids. And the kids don't have Instagram, you know, to not care about other people, just yourself, right? See the value within. You're listening to Matt Cowan, a graphic designer, animator, and children's book author from Northern New Jersey, discussing his latest project, the Happy Heart. He's our guest today on the podcast. Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Randy. I appreciate it. And how's the weather tonight up in North Jersey? Supposedly, we're having a weather event. We my we were we were warned earlier that there was going to be some snow. I don't know if this is actually going to be snow. I don't know if they're going to plow. I'm sure they brined the roads four days ago for it. And um, I'm just, you know, we're hunkered down. We shipped the kids out to the grandparents so that we wouldn't have to deal with them during the snow event. Yeah, they're calling for snow here in Philadelphia as well. And uh, hopefully the grandparents aren't too far away. No, not too bad. 20 minutes south of us. So Matt, before we get started, I just want to say thanks for being on the show tonight. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you having me. It's great to get a little, um, just to get a chance to talk about myself. I live in a house with three, uh, three women, so I don't get to say a lot. So how did you come up with the idea for the happy heart? It was an Etch-A-Sketch drawing on my oldest daughter's iPad, uh, not iPad. Um, what do you call those things? No, it's, I, it's, I said Etch-A-Sketch, but it's not an Etch-A-Sketch. It's the other one, Magna Doodle. So she used to scribble on it and I would draw for her. Um, and she told me to draw a happy heart. You know, this was like when she was two years old. So who knew what a happy heart was? So I just scribbled this little uh, crudely drawn heart on her magna doodle. I wanted to write a book. I figured I'd write something educational. And I wanted to use that little character that she was familiar with. So, um, yeah, that was, that was basically how it got started. And this little character on the magna doodle... Is that the actual illustration that you used for the book? It's not, though I would draw it so many times over and over again. You know, I, it, it's, it's pretty much what it looked like, whether I drew it on the Magna Doodle or whether I drew it on the chalkboard in the house. You know, so it was always, Happy was always the same. Um, I had to pick a different brush in Photoshop to give it that crude, like, um, you know, iron fibers uh, activated by a magnet on the surface of a magnetoodle kind of look. So the happy heart has an animated YouTube video as a companion. Yes. Yes. Thank you. It's on YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to, Oh, I guess this is where I should be uh, plugging. Um, I wanted to immediately 
So happy was just the start. The book itself was just the start. Um, I, I, I animated the book after I wrote it because my daughter loves watching the iPad. She watches these bizarre, you know, the uh, Zool babies and the uh, finger family. And, you know, are you familiar with B- baby shark and the finger family, Randy? I have not heard of those. Nope. Well, they're uh, most parents. I imagine some people listening to this will have kids and uh, they'll probably understand. So I started making YouTube content for the happy brand so that I would, you know, try to monetize happy in more ways than just the, uh, the royalties from create space and Amazon gives. And, uh, I started screwing around with plushies. Um, I still have my father-in-law's great aunt's sewing machine underneath my desk that, which I'm going to use when I start mass producing uh, happy stuffed animals you know, in my spare time. Sounds like you got a lot planned for the happy heart. I tend to be what's called, I've, one of uh, my daughter's friend's moms refers to it as hummingbirding or a hummingbird, where you, you kind of get really excited and passionate about one thing at one time and then just buzz right along over to the next project. You dump a bunch of hours in and a bunch of your life and it's so important at that moment and so important at that time. And then you're like, oh, Oh, maybe I could be a yoga teacher, and then I dump it. You know what I? You know what I mean? Are you familiar with that personality type, Randy? Yes, in, in fact, I would include myself in that personality. <laughs> like, yeah, like you're you're starting a podcast right now. This That's is right. probably one of your hummingbird bird moments. Though I do hope you pursue this at least until my episode airs. <laughs> that I would can... be ideal. So, um, but I actually started making a uh, happy happy finger um song i write all the music i do all the voices um and uh i started making like a happy finger family video for it and then i just moved on to the next project before i before i finish that but i do hope soon to get back on those and put some more out there because you can't really get you know you got to have a video that links to a video that links to a video to get these kids to fall into that rabbit hole which you know would then result in money from youtube uh, it somehow I hear it happens to people. I'm just going to co- keep putting stuff out there until uh, they start sending me checks. I'm sure that's how it works. But um, yeah, and the project that I left happy for was uh, you probably would understand this because you're from, or are we allowed to disclose where you're from on the air? <laughs> uh, yeah, feel free. Um, it's not a bunker that's. Uh... Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know it's the place. <laughs> Since you're from Philadelphia. Yep. Uh, you might know of pork roll and Taylor Ham and that debate. That is like the uh, the the story of how Taylor Ham came to be and how it became pork roll as well. Because it it is technically pork roll, though it's well we we shouldn't get into this. I don't want to I don't want to upset some of your audience that might be listening if they happen to be on one side or other of the pork roll Taylor Ham debate. So, but either way. That was the next animated project that I was going to work on. And then I hummingbirded off of that onto something else. So I don't even know what I'm doing right now other than recording this podcast. No, I know what I'm doing. I'm working on a ki- another kid's, another kid's uh, the YouTube series. But uh, that's the, I don't know when I'm going to. I say that I'm working on it, Randy. I'm not really working on it. 
you know, I'm just thinking about it a lot during the day when I should be focusing on other things. I'm not actually designing or drawing or creating anything. So, so I shouldn't say that. Well, I'd say that thinking about it's the first step. Yes. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. No, it, it'll be something. I've been uh, I'm just trying to get some paying gigs coming in first. Uh, I, I run a creative services studio, uh, animation, graphic design, uh, illustration, voiceover, things like that. So getting back to the happy heart, the YouTube video has a really catchy theme song. After I watched it, I found myself having that jingle play back. <laughs> did you, did you sing that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Uh, I wrote that on, um, my, my daughter Riley's little mini guitar. Um, and she used to, she used to love it. I wanted like a real out of the gate, immediately catchy, just, uh, just over in a, over in a blink of an eye also sort of thing. Uh, and she just, she just got so excited. She'd start stomping her feet and, and I said, all right, I'll, I'll use that for the theme song then. Yeah. I sang it. I, I did. I sang it. I wish I had the ability to, to auto tune these things and tighten them up because I don't sing a lot. I used to sing a lot. I don't sing a lot anymore other than just in my car. So without further ado, let's listen to the happy heart theme song. So we've been talking about your kids. They love your stuff. Have we? <laughs> I thought, okay, no, go on. Sorry. At least your daughter. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I mentioned one of them. So when you were growing up, were you always into creating stories or did it develop later on? No, I have, I always was um, uh, interested in that. Second grade is the, is when I knew that I was going to do something like this, um, you know, in the arts, the illustration, cartoon, whatever. I mean, it evolved into an anime, a traditional animation degree at the time, at a time that the industry was computer and um, waiting tables for several years afterwards. The writing of the stories, I have comic books. I always used to put my friends into comics and write comic strips. And I, every year it would be a different cast, obviously, you know, whoever was in the class at the time. Um, And then we would just, you know, it would, it, it was like, budding satire at a very young age you know i'd I'd play on the kids personalities and uh they'd love watching each other laugh uh, looking at each other and laughing at each other i say kids they were my friends but um you know i was also a kid at the time not a large adult in a child's class um (laughs) but i did that and then i also wrote my own just whatever hummingbirding man i have so many different comics uh, partially like started comics started uh scripts for for screenplays and and just a lot of a lot of really good first acts and then i just get on to the next thing you know and there's always so many hours wasted 
in the beginning because it, and it's always so important to me at the time and then I look back on it a day later when I forgot that I was even doing it in the first place and I just think I'll never get that time back but um yeah I I always did did something man whatever comic if I was reading Garfield at the time I would come up with a dog that had stripes just like you know Garfield as any third or fourth grader would who has no experience with character development he just uses whatever he sees as reference and calls it his own when he changes the eye shape. And uh, I would do that and um, all sorts of different things. I still do it. I mean, I'm, I'm still just doing different versions of it. Try, oh, the only difference now is I, I'm much more talented, uh, much more skilled, and the, uh, the, you know, kind of an idea of how to turn it into an income, you know. I wasn't thinking about monetizing the scribbles of my friends as a child, although I wish I did. So you were talking about as a kid growing up, did you have any particular animated films or books or movies that you really gravitated towards back then? Looney Tunes, Dragon Ball Z, Calvin and Hobbes, Far Side. Those would probably be um, some of my biggest, you know, influences of uh, my humor. Um, drawing, style, drawing style, I always, obviously, happy doesn't illustrate quite how, how I normally illustrate, you know. It's, it's intentionally designed to look like the scribbles of a child or appeal to the sensibilities of a child. Um, but I would definitely say that uh, Dragon, the, uh, who wrote Dragon Ball Z? Kira Toriyama, Chuck Jones, and Walt were probably my three biggest like stylistic influences, I would say. Humor-wise, I love absurdism. And Gary Larson was just, he, he was so good. So good, so, out of his mind. And then I loved the, I loved Bill Watterson's, you know, illustration style, obviously. They were beautiful. He was so talented. Um, but uh, his, the way that he would poke fun at adults through the eyes of Calvin, you know, how Calvin would embody some of the worst things we hear ourselves like thinking in our heads and say, but he'd be shouting them out loud. You know, I can't wait till my, my kids are older and they can start going through them. Now they humor me. I tried to read that, read Calvin and Hobbes to my kids and I have to bribe them. I say, okay, we could read your book, but you have to let me read four Calvin and Hobbes strips to you. And, uh, sometimes they let me other times they say, uh, they know it, not interested. Now a lot of those comic strips are still around, but they have some other, they've turned into just small brands basically. And they have teams of, I think um, Jim Davis has like teams of people just pumping out Garfield content. I don't know if he's still doing the strip himself. I, I've never, um, I've never looked into it, but I've seen, you know, YouTube videos of like his studio and the things that go on there. He's got like teams of people working there. Um, and uh, I don't know, it's hard to do. I tried to do a comic strip once I did a web comic. It's hard to come up with an idea. It's hard to come up with an idea every 
week, which was what I was doing, uh, let alone every single day. It's no one when people say, oh, I never laugh at comic strips in the newspaper. Don't Randy, don't you hear people say that all the time? Oh, I never hear, I never laugh at comics in the newspaper. Every day I hear people say that. Don't you? I've heard even worse to tell you the truth. <laughs> but it's just, it's, it's hard to do, you know? Every day you have to think of something. You can't be genius. It's impossible for a genius to come around that frequently, you know? I hear you. Everybody would be geniuses. It's um, a creator's job is underappreciated. That's mm. for sure. So, yeah, I can relate to uh, the Garfield. Uh, that was one of my favorite characters as a kid, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved, um, did, you, uh, did you watch Garfield and Friends growing up? Oh, yeah. Did, didn't you love, what, what do they call it? Green Acres or U.S. Acres with um, um, the pig? And the the egg with the legs, and then his brother, who was the chick that actually hatched. And, uh, <laughs> do you remember that show? You are definitely uh, digging back. I I know the characters like Odie and all that, but I uh, I forget the the name of it. Oh, okay, yeah, it was a long time ago, but underappreciated, I think, or maybe a bunch of people do appreciate it, and I'm just not aware of it, but. From where I sit right now, it's under underappreciated. Yeah, I mean, there could be uh, Facebook groups, like hundreds of thousands of people all yes. gathered around Garfield. <laughs> and I'm just and I'm just sitting here in my basement, just complaining without <laughs> any without any knowledge of what's really going on. So, getting back to the happy heart, available on Amazon.com. Nice. Am I allowed to do that? You're you're allowed to plug it. Okay. <laughs> Good. So Happy Heart is available on Amazon.com. Two day shipping if you're a Prime member. Nice. I don't know if that still applies to New York. Um, I don't know if there's in the fallout they now have three day Prime shipping, but you know, two day for most people. As long as they can get their happy heart in two to three days, I think uh, most people will be satisfied. <laughs> so, so we've been talking about hummingbirding. Yes. And you're kind of talking about how projects bouncing around and so forth. Did you really feel like you like wanted to, to get the happy heart out there and just like buckle down and put that all together and just push it out? No, it took years to write or felt like it took years to write. Um, I probably started it in 2016 and uh, I don't think I published it until 2017. But there was a point at the end where I was where in 2017 where I said, you know what, I just have to finish this. You know, this is uh, it's the finish line is ahead of me right there. Let me just finish the liver and then I'll be done. You know, I think it was a liver cause I didn't know how to draw a liver. How do you draw a liver? You know, I had to I figure. Saw, I saw in the video how you had that little gap in the liver. Yeah. I think, is it a gap? I think it's a membrane or something, right? I don't know. You got me. It's uh, I don't, <laughs> I've seen people have sent me videos 
of their kids reading the book and enjoying, you know, my friends who, who supported me and picked up the book, they've showed videos and the kids will point and, and this is, uh, and the parents look at it and then like, what? what? It's like the only one that's not easily identifiable right away. But, uh, yeah, I guess it, I guess it gets the job done. Luckily my audience is children and they don't know any better. I mean, come on, kids, kids are dumb until we shape them into something. They don't know any better. So Matt, what inspires you to continue creating and writing? My wife says it's an attention deficit disorder. Um, I would say it's just something it's, it's who I am. That sounds cliche. Um, I can't help it. Um, it's just if these things pop in my head, um, it's not even, it's not even a positive thing all the time, Randy. I mean, I'll have bad thoughts, you know, I get, I'm an anxious person and I'll have bad thoughts and these scenarios, I'll just create my, so a bunch of like worry in my head as I, as I play these scenes out that aren't happening. Um, and then I have to re- remind myself that it's just my, my, uh, my mind's wandering and uh, it does that a lot, but it, it also think it also sees a lot of things and, and thinks of a lot of funny things and positive things. And sometimes I'll uh, get one of those ideas up there. I'll mull it around in my head for a little while. And if it's worth drawing or worth writing down, I'll write it down. So did you have any mentors that helped you along the creative journey? Fernando Ruiz. He was my Saturday morning. He's a, um, he is a pencilist for Archie comics. And I used to take the Saturday morning sketch, uh, sketch classes over at the, the Kubert school, the Joe Kubert school in Dover, New Jersey. And he was for like seven years, every Saturday morning, just kind of helping me. He was, he, I mean, he was teaching me how to compose shots like, you know, camera angles and drawing it at good perspective when making your own comic when I was in like, you know, seventh grade, um, just helping me with everything. Just not, not just the anatomy, but you know, how to tell a story. Cause that's, you know, he was, he, I think, I believe he still works for Archie. He's not a mentor in the sense where he like showed me the way, held my hand, but he was constantly available to me to pick his brain. And he still is to this day. I still, we still keep in contact. Um, but, you know, he just, that's, that's what I mean. So we've talked a lot about kind of the ideas that led up to the happy heart. What is the, what is the premise of the book? What is it all about? Well, it was, um, it's happy. He's going through the body looking to play with somebody. and. Each time he meets a different organ, the organ says, I can't play right now. I'm doing my whatever the function of that organ is. And so it moves, it advances the story along. Happy's looking for somebody to play with. What's the next organ? You know, show the kid what the organ looks like. Tell the kid what the organ does. And then move on to the next one. And then when I get to the end of the book and Happy's feeling Happy's feeling sad because nobody wants to play with him. He meets the brain 
the brain explains to him that he is without him, nothing, none of anything that anyone else is doing is possible, you know, because his love dubs is what, uh, what I called it in the book, his love dubs make everything possible, you know, without his love dubs, the brain can't think and tell everybody to do their jobs and uh, happy is feeling left out because he can't do the things that they're all doing. And the brain shows him that you got to look, don't feel bad about what everybody else does. Just worry about, look at, look at the value that you bring, you know, see what's, what makes you important. And that's, that's all that matters. Sounds like a good message. So you were talking about the brain in the video. As I'm watching it, all of a sudden the brain has this wild Irish accent or something like that. <laughs> How did you come up with the idea to give the brain such a, an interesting accent? <laughs> I don't know. Um, because like when I develop a character, I'm trying to channel somebody and my, uh, the priest from my church growing up, Father O'Connor, that's who I was like channeling. Because he had a he had a way of delivering his homilies, where his his he was Irish, so he had the Irish accent, uh, and he had um, just this such as this tone and way of delivering these words that just had such a such an impact. Now I didn't come anywhere close to that, but the tone and delivery and you know the Irish the brogue. Um, that's, that's kind of where that came from. I don't know why I decided the brain was going to be Irish. Um, I don't know why the intestines sort of sound like Gilbert Gottfried. Um, (laughs) but, uh, you know, you just, that's where it came from. What would you say is the ideal age who would enjoy the happy heart? I would think like either newborn to toddler, right? Because once they get into school, they're going to be learning, you know, bigger, bigger concepts than that when it comes to the human biology. So the, so I guess what we're trying, what I'm trying to say here is the happy heart should be a prerequisite for, for public schools, K through eighth, because it gives them the basics of human biology. Um, This way the public school system can get into the, you know, the nitty gritty of human biology. I'll save them the time. Do you have uh, any board of ed members that listen to this podcast, Randy, that can mandate the happy heart be purchased, the happy heart available on amazon.com be purchased for school districts. There could be. (laughs) (laughs) And they're thinking to themselves, where can I get a book? It's a prerequisite (laughs) pre-med students. (laughs) luckily it's available on amazon.com two-day shipping with prime you know these like toddlers that are going to be read this book and they're going to go to first grade and they're going to start talking about the brain and they're going to tell their teacher you know the brain has an irish accent (laughs) (laughs) i think you're going to start something matt oh this is good So you alluded to this with the premise, but I really want to hear what would you like the parents and the kids to take away from your book? Who cares what everybody else is doing? 
who cares? Just care about what you're doing. You know, just don't don't be, especially in this day and age where people are only putting their happiest times on social media and we're spending all of our time on social media. Uh, it, it makes people constantly question, you know, their own situation and how come I don't have that car, you know? How come I don't live in that house? And um, the happy heart is just a reminder to all the parents on Instagram who are thinking like that because they're the ones reading this, um, not the kids. And the kids don't have Instagram, you know, to not care about other people, just yourself, right? See the value within. See the value within. Yeah. Sounds like a good message. See the value within. Matt, this is your grand chance here. Where can readers buy your books? The Happy Heart is available on Amazon.com. And with Amazon Prime, it's free two-day shipping. And please check out the YouTube channel. Search The Happy Heart Animated on YouTube to watch it. I mean, it's, it's five minutes and 56 seconds. Thanks, Matt. And uh, by the way, we've also got your book linked up on the Creative Writing Magic website and our Twitter feed. Excellent. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me, Randy. No problem. And before we close the show, is there anything else you'd like to say about the Happy Heart or any of your other projects? I have an Etsy shop and I sell a traditional Italian Christmas donkey that I sculpted and and I paint, I hand paint each one. and uh, they're really, they're really funny. They're I mean, not funny. Um, they're really cute. You know, they're, they're fun, fun pieces for your mantle. It's about five inch tall. Um, it's a, uh, it's a donkey with um, Pauly Walnuts' haircut and a velour Santa suit and a gold chain hanging down on a cross and its chest. It's the traditional Italian Christmas donkey on the 3MK Studios Etsy shop. Buy it for all of your Italian friends and their mothers. Okay, so that's all the time we have for today. Matt, thanks so much for being a guest on the show. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks. It's been a lot of fun. And thank you, listener. You make this all possible. If you like this podcast, feel free to support us on Patreon and consider subscribing. The link to Patreon is in the description. And be sure to subscribe to the email newsletter on the Creative Writing Magic website to receive notifications when new episodes are available. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Stay inquisitive, support the arts, and keep creating. Bye for now. The